0: There you are. Here you come from the back of the crowd. Can you hear my voice over the crowd? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your steadfast love. You are the light, Lord. There you are. I see you coming. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Lord, I see you. Here I am. I see you. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. I lay my cloak in your honor, Lord. I wave my palm branch in great celebration. Thank you for coming to us, Lord. Thank you for coming. Uh, Today is Palm Sunday, and as you know, Palm Sunday is the start of Holy Week. We call this week Holy Week, which also include the following days, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, and Monday Thursday, (laughs) and Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. The events of Palm Sunday are found in the four Gospels Matthew chapter 21, Mark 11, which we read already, Luke chapter 19, and John 12. Details are generally the same between the synoptic Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, although in some spots the accounts diverge. The events of Palm Sunday began with Jesus and his disciples approaching Jerusalem. Once they reached the Page on the Mount Olive, Jesus told two disciples to go to the next village. There they would find a donkey with her colt, which they were to bring back. If anyone asked what they were doing, they would say the Lord needs them. And we'll have them return soon. Luke's version knows that the colt have never been ridden before. And Apostle John leaves out this sin entirely, simply saying that Jesus found the donkey and rode on it. Once they had gotten the donkey and colt, the disciples put their clocks on them, and Jesus rode the colt into Jerusalem. As Jesus entered Jerusalem, a people put palm branches on the road, and they shouted quotations from three Old Testament books. They said, Hosanna, blessed if he comes in the name of the Lord. It comes from, it comes from Psalm 118, verse 25 and 26. They said, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. It is from Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7. And also they said, Hosanna in the highest. It is from Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 11. Within that week, Jesus goes from being praised as he enters Jerusalem to crowds urging Pilate to have him killed. It's interesting how quickly the public's reaction changed Part of this reaction is due to the fact that Jesus wasn't universally liked. Some people were cheering him as he entered, but there were religious leaders in the crowd who didn't like the attention he was getting. The toms that people were shouting at Jesus had a messianic overtones, suggesting that they expected him to come in and conquer the Romans. That explains why religious leaders were troubled by what the children and adults were shouting. These religious leaders later provoked the crowds into asking for Jesus' death. After this triumphal entry, I can say that this Holy Week was a series of events that led to death. Of Jesus, What is even more surprising is that these events were not avoided by Jesus at all, but rather occurred through more active intervention. And Jesus succeeded in reaching to the cross. I think this is an overview of Palm Sunday that I can give you today. Done. (laughs) You like it, right? Done. But, yeah, there's always but. But, there's one thing I would like to share with you before I finish my sermon. Since the day of this triumphal entry into Jerusalem, as we know, the reaction of crowds toward Jesus has changed very quickly into hostility. The changing reaction of the cross to Jesus can perhaps be understood. I don't know. However, it is true that the action the disciples did to Jesus are not easily accepted. That's why we even use the word betrayer toward disciples. I'm sure because the disciples respected and believed in Jesus, they spent about three years with him. But to them, Jesus was also the most important means to make their lives successful. Before Jesus and his disciples entered Jerusalem, There is a scene in Mark chapter 10 where two of the disciples go to Jesus and ask for something important to them. Mark chapter 10, verse 35, said this one. Then James and John, the sons of Jebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, When you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. That was their desire toward Jesus. They find out this is the moment, right moment I can ask to Jesus for my desire. A little bit later, verse 41 says, when the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. The other ten disciples had the same desires that James and John had. When James and John asked a favor to Jesus, Jesus asked again if they knew exactly what they were asking. In verse 38, he said, But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cough of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? In verse 39, Oh, yes, they replied, We are able. They answer instantly. They say, "Oh yes, I can get that one." There was no hesitation there. And then Jesus told them, "You will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with baptism of suffering." He knew they will. The disciples were always seeing Jesus physically. But their eyes of mind were seeing only at the image of Jesus, who they had created for their desires. The disciples were seeing Jesus physically. They saw the miracles of Jesus performed and they heard the words he taught. They even experienced the miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead just before they entered Jerusalem with Jesus. I'm sure they smelled the success they imagined. The smell of success was so strong to them. When they entered Jerusalem with Jesus, their desires must have grown. So they couldn't hear His warning, or they would not listen to what Jesus said to them. However, Jesus continued to tell them why He came to this earth and what His mission was. And He even told them what would happen right next. They were seeing Jesus, but they also didn't see Jesus. Later, Apostle John says his right after, Apostle John says this right after telling the story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. John chapter 12, verse 16 says, he said this one. His disciples include John. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. He confessed he didn't understand. He saw Jesus, but he didn't see Jesus rightly. Let me tell you my story. I, th- I think you're getting boring. <laughs> before my wife, Yang and I started dating, yeah, I thought about dating things, so open your eyes, you can listen. Yeah, before my wife, Yang and I started dating, There was a moment that changed the relationship between the two of us. Well, we were working together on the same worship team. The church I served had a service on Sunday evening. And my team led the service. Usually after the service, it was too late. And most of our team members, including myself, did not have their own cars. So I, the leader, Use the church van to drive the members home. What a great leader. <laughs> yeah, after I returned my car to va- a church van to church, and then I walked home. Yeah. <laughs> but from one day on, I always drop off Jin Young last. <laughs> oh, you know that? <laughs> I would have drove off all the other members first, then Jinyoung at the end. And I would return to the church. Then one day, Jinyoung, who wasn't my wife at the time, asked me a question before getting out of the car. She said, I still remember, clearly. Who do you see me as? Do you see me as just one member of worship, him, Or as a woman? That question was enough to baffle me quite a bit. <laughs> but the atmosphere in the car seems like I must give an answer immediately, other than that I'm in trouble. So I said, I see you, as a woman. (laughs) Upon hearing that answer from me, she smiled, thankfully. She smiled and got out of the car. I know there was no first kiss or first hug at the time. (laughs) However, after I began to see her as a woman, the relationship between the two of us has completely changed. And we still live together according to her questions and my answers from that day. How you see someone can change your life. Right? How you see Jesus can totally change your life, even eternal life. Our Lord did not come to fulfill the misguided expectation of the people of His day. Instead, He desired to clarify what the Messiah would do. God's true Messiah does not come as a military hero. His goal is not to overthrow the Romans, Rather, when the Messiah comes, he will save his people, and indeed the whole world, from their sins. He had to come to die, and therefore he would willingly give his life. And Jesus sensed that his dying marked the highest obedience to the will of his Father. His special mission in the program of God meant that he was fulfilled a role the prophet Isaiah had described in detail centuries ago. He would be God's suffering servant. He would glorify God by humbly obeying the Father's will, even to the point of suffering and death. This is the Jesus we must see. This is the Jesus we must see. You will never see the cross and will never think you need it until you give up all your sinful desires. However, when you realize that you are nothing and you find that there is no hope for your desires, you will believe that the cross is your only hope. C.S. Lewis said this one. He said, He, Jesus, was not all at all like the psychologist's picture of the integrated, balanced, adjusted, happily married, employed, popular citizen. You cannot really be very well adjusted to your word if it says you have a devil and ends by nailing you up naked to a stake of wood. The second half of John chapter 12, verse 16, Apostle John confessed like this, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Finally, they began to see Jesus rightly. And from that moment on, their lives changed completely. This realization was possible because of the promise Jesus made to his disciple at the last supper table. In John chapter 13, verse 25, it says, Jesus said, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And he said, Peace, I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the word gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I truly believe Jesus believed disciples need peace to see him rightly. Do you? Do you need his peace when you see Jesus? Because in our mind we have a battle between our desire and Jesus to overcome to bid, to win this battle, you need a peace, not from word, but from Jesus. I hoped that this promise and encouragement of Jesus will give you the ability to see Jesus rightly. As we see Jesus rightly today, I hope that we can become the disciples of the Lord. Lord, of the Lord is looking for. So that word can see Jesus rightly through us. Through Bonavis the Baptist Church. Through me. We start, as I said, Palm Sunday to start Holy Week. So, my final question was, So what do you see today? Do you see Jesus rightly? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we are now entering the Holy Week. We want to see the Lord. We want to see Jesus rightly. We want to look forward to and rejoice in Jesus himself, not our desires. So let us acknowledge and proclaim that our lives are completely yours, not ours. Also, let our neighbors see the Lord rightly through us. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your fulfillment of God's master plan. Thank you for always being with us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.